0: Episode 65 of The Monday Morning Critic. Today we have one of my all-time favorites. He is actor Bernard White. Bernard, I am so happy to have you on today.
1: Thank you so much. I am so grateful that you're taking the time to uh, to do this.
0: So Bernard, you have to excuse my lack of professionalism for a moment. I never start off an interview this way. But I have to tell you one of my favorite scenes. And, and I... I am a film connoisseur. I have watched just about everything. One of my favorite scenes in the history, the history of cinema, is oh it's, it's kind of a funny story. And oh, my God. I have to tell you, this breaks – I cannot watch – Like I usually watch movies on the treadmill. I cannot watch this movie on the treadmill because I have to stop because tears are rolling down my face. Um, oh,
1: Derek, that makes
0: me so happy. So I have to tell you, so you play a character, for those people who haven't seen it, you are doing yourself a disservice. This is one of the most wonderful movies you'll ever see. You play a character called Mutata, who doesn't ever, and, and I'm just being brief here, who, who never gets out of bed. And a character, Craig puts on this, and I'm probably giving a little bit of spoiler here, but it's a good spoiler. <laughs> uh, Craig puts on this wonderful, and I believe it's a. the, the movie portrays it as Egyptian music, and Matata yes. does what he he never does. He gets out of bed, and he starts to dance because Craig gave the DJ this wonderful music to play. And yeah. it is just three actors, you know, from the actor who plays Craig giving the DJ the music, to your wonderful performance, to Zach Galifianakis looking at Craig saying... You know what? This kid gets it. Wouldn't the world be a better place if that scene took place in everyday life on a regular basis? Mm,
1: mm. Man, I can't tell you. I I thought for sure you were going to say the Matrix. You're going to say the, sub, the subway scene in the Matrix when you said my all time favorite because that's the one I usually get. People are you know know me from. But I am so glad you picked up on that. That was such a a beautiful. Moment, and I remember talking. I remember with Ryan and Anna when we did that. Uh, I remember fighting for a certain piece of music because they were going to do a piece that was um, like the original. Some of the sound, the ones that they were going to do, were a little too Americanized, and or um, or it actually wasn't even Egyptian. It was like uh, some other region around that, some a country around there, and. Uh, and there, I think it was a Farad um, Alatrash piece of music that was uh, a little spiced up, but uh, I, it was, I, 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 it was, you know, it was just great. It's like, and I was a little weird on that shoot, I must say. Um, I think I was a little depressed myself at the time in real life. And so I used as an excuse to, I thought, let me stay in the bed. Like whenever I go to set, let me just stay in the bed the entire time I'm there. Let me not go to server. Let me just really do that. And uh, so that I, I built up the, what that cost to get out of bed and and dance. So it was kind of easy to do once I, I love, thank you for, 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 remembering that scene.
0: No, thank you for your unbelievable performance in that. And just about everything else you're in, you're just such a, you know, from just being, you know, friends with you on Facebook, you're, you're a very sweet person. You're a wonderful actor and it's just a scene that resonates with me very deeply. I think about that scene a lot. Like I think about it's just so beautiful. Like, and I don't want to sound repetitive, but the look that Zach Galifianakis gives that kid for what he did and, and your marvel, it's just it's inexplainable. It's just like I don't know, I don't know there's no words for I don't know. I I I, I appreciate you know what it reminds me of, Bernard. Have you ever seen the Shawshank Redemption? I have not. It, it's very similar to a scene, a musical scene, in that where everyone just stops and they just—it's—it's it's just so beautiful. And, and I cannot, you know, good for you. And you know, mental health is a tough issue to approach. That movie, that movie does it with such integrity and class. I mean, you had to be so proud to be part of that. Oh, I am,
1: and you're making me want to. I haven't seen it in in very in a long time, and uh, you're making me want to see it again. And, uh, yeah, it was, we shot it, like, near, all I remember is we shot it in a hospital near the Verrazano Bridge, and,
2: uh, it was a pleasure,
1: I mean, I was so thrilled to work with Ryan Fleck and Anna Boden, I had seen their film, Half Nelson, and was blown away by, and,
0: and, was it Sugar, the baseball film? Yeah. About the Dominicans, just, I thought,
1: as filmmakers, they were as good as it gets, and, uh, when I got... That role, I was thrilled, 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 and you know, Galatinakis is so amazing as an actor and a comedian, and I love his Between Two Ferns.
0: So <laughs> They're I, very I was good. A lucky
1: boy, and I agree. Mental health is is a you know, it's, it's I, I it's deeply personal to me. I have a uh, people in my family who have suffered from from stuff like that, and I it's it was a gift and a privilege to uh, try to bring um, my soul to that.
0: Yeah, well said. And, and, you know, is it... I have to ask you, you know, from from a fan and a, and a dorky point of view, what is it, do you think, that Mutata kind of feels? Why is it that that... Is it, is it reminiscent? Is he reminiscing? Is he looking back to better days? What do you think that is?
1: Um... I think, you know, it was so long ago I shot it, but what I'm going to, what my first response is that it had all to do with home and had to do with being away from home. And that's that's what I tapped into was this idea of a man who probably had a very successful life in Egypt and then came to this country and things didn't go as well. And, uh, whatever, you know, they, I don't think they got into, you know, what I was grieving and what I was, why I had stopped talking. But, you know, what I drew from it was, you know, just, the, the pain of the outsider, the pain of, 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 language, a pain of loss and the music just, yeah, it, uh, harkened back to something that, uh, that made him young again, you know.
0: You know, yeah, and and I can't, I can't compare that movie to anything. It's so unique and so beautiful because we've all been there. People somehow still consider it, and I'm not going to get too deep here because I want to keep this, you know, upbeat. But you know, people have. We've all been there. We've all been that person who can't get out of bed, who has suffered through tough times to to different degrees, yeah. to different levels. And the movie, like I, and, and like I said, I don't want to sound repetitive, but it handles it with such. Integrity and it's it's one of the most beautiful movies released in the last decade, if not more.
1: Thank you. You know, I remember. I, I I was literally I was going through a depression when when they I got the call to put myself on tape, and I I didn't even know if I could have the energy to do it. And my friend Jessica Tuck, who's an actress, she uh, she said, "Bernie, you got to do this." And I remember. Her her helping me shoot the scene and sent it away, and the next thing I knew, I was meeting Ryan and uh, I was doing the film, and and it was you know and you know it was like a homeopathic uh, remedies like by leaning into that character, I personally came out of my depression. Like you go through the you know you go through the journey, and then literally, and I think they shot it in sequence too, and so I didn't shoot that scene till my last day and. Uh, and it was a healing thing. It was—I I, remember—and I literally it—it—it it, it, it lifted what I was going through. And I, and I'm glad you're saying this because it's like my life has been sort of a uh, steady, constant uh, progression toward health ever since then. I, I think that was—I forget what year that was, but maybe 2011 or something, 2010.
0: And yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yep. Yeah, quite literally, like, I uh, I have not been visited by that kind of a depression since then. Yeah, and it's... And, and
1: so, so I think, I'm really glad you're pointing this out, because I, I want to look at that, because I, that, that was a kind of, a, a marker, and, because that's, you know, the great thing about acting is that you can, you're not, you, you're not asked to, you know, fake it and hide from what's really going on in your life, you're like... You bring what's really going on in your life to whatever you're doing, and uh, and let it heal you.
0: Yeah, and when people see this movie, they're gonna be they're gonna say, "Wow, he was right." And and your filmography, and you're being very humble. Your filmography is nothing short of fantastic. And I want I want to get to that. I want to get to that in a moment, but I want to hear about you as the the person. Let's separate the actor from the person a little bit here. You know, so you're born in Sri Lanka, southern tip of India. I want to hear about your early life before you eventually make your way to Detroit.
1: I was born in what was called Salon at the time in a little village called Kandy in the heart of the country, what they uh, called the hill country. Um, and what it's famous for is it has the Temple of the Tooth. The, the Buddha's tooth is supposed to be an icon in this, a, a relic in this temple, and I was literally born about a half mile from there, and I lived the first nine months of my life there, and then we moved to the United States, and and this is one of the things that was so moving about the hotel we stayed in in Lower Manhattan is I could see the mouth of the Hudson River uh, right fr- from my from our hotel room, and the Queen Mary back in 1960 steamed up, uh, you know, past the Statue of Liberty and up up uh, the Hudson, you know, to around 54th Street and uh, let us off there. And that's where we touched uh, seven of us, two parents and uh, seven kids. I was the youngest. Um, so my feet probably never touched the ground. But we all loaded into a, a Buick that my uncle picked us up in. So nine people in a No, 10 people in a Buick that, you know, drove across the George Washington Bridge and headed to Indiana. And I grew up in in Warsaw, Indiana, uh, not far from where James Dean grew up and um, and uh, lived the first till I was in second grade and then moved to Detroit, Michigan when I was in second grade. And um, and that was quite a time. We moved in 1966, November uh, our first summer in Detroit were was the Rebellion or the Riots, depending on your point of view, uh, 1967. And so we moved in an all-white neighborhood in, in, in the heart of Detroit, and then within a year after those riots, um, that Rebellion, uh, it was an all-black neighborhood. And, and the Tigers won the World Series that year uh, in 1968. Right. So my early childhood was just full of... Um, Pulse of the sixties, uh, of the late sixties, of what was going on in the country, and it was a very particular thing to be a brown immigrant in a country that was dealing with uh, these racial issues. And um, in fact, I've written a, a film script that I'm hoping to shoot in Detroit this, uh, which would be the fiftieth anniversary of the Tigers winning the World Series. Uh, a film called "Go Get Him Tiger." Uh, that's my. That's what I'm. That's all about that period in my life. Wow. So that's what got me
0: to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, um, you end up going to Michigan State, phenomenal school. And um, so does does anything happen at Michigan State to add to the wonderful actor you are today? Is there other classes? Are there mentors? Are there anything along those lines?
1: Yeah, there was a couple people in particular. There a, a fellow named John Goodland. He was the... Um, Artist in residence at the time, and I don't know where he was is now, but he uh, he was this amazingly quiet, sensitive teacher that was really different, really like a an intense sort of Mark Rylance uh, actor artist. And he, I remember being cast to play the waiter. My first main stage production in Death of a Salesman to play Stanley, the waiter. And he was playing Willie Loman. And I, you know, I got to watch him every night prepare. And he did it. It was just so humble and beautiful. He would, like, get dressed before anybody and then just sit in a chair, stage right, with his suitcase by his side and his hat on his lap. And he wouldn't... And he'd talk to people quietly and he was very present. He wasn't like in some zone or anything. He was just relaxed and then like he could be talking to you and then the lights would go down and the first music cue would hit and he'd simply walk on stage and it was there's no distinction between his off stage life and his on stage and so that was a huge influence. And then there's a woman named Joyce Ramsey who was this uh I guess a fifties B movie star in Hollywood. And she was, she had, uh, she was the new artist in residence and she directed me in a play called picnic. And, um, my senior year, my, one of my final plays. And, uh, and she had said to me, no, you are, you're gonna, you're, you're destined to, to do something. You're going to go to Hollywood and they are they're, they're going to eat you up. And, and her big advice was keep smiling, and I remember at the time thinking, "What cheesy advice!" And you know, I I'm a James Dean, you know, intense kind of actor. I don't want to keep smiling. I wanna I wanna keep brooding. Hmm. And I never really knew what she meant by keep smiling, and I so understand it now. And it's it's all to do with joy and gratitude, and um, and I and I you know and I. I veered away from that for a good number of years of being that sort of entitled, serious artist who uh, thought it was okay to uh, treat people b- badly in the name of uh, my art. And, I, and, you know, I'm a nice guy, so I've never really treated people badly, but, uh, you know, there, there. I remember doing a play at the public. Uh, where I played depth, uh, Federico Garcia Lorca, and it was this amazing director but Joe Papp was still alive, and it was an amazing director from South America. And I just, I just, I just thought I, you know, it was fear. I thought I knew more than people, and it was what I was really doing was masking my intense fear. What was, And that's what it usually is.
0: Yeah, and you're so well spoken. There's no way I could see you being anything but just a very solid human being and you know you're definitely a guy who loves theater from the research I've done is that accurate are you would you consider yourself a, a guy who is just very passionate about theater
2: yeah so yeah
1: yeah absolutely um, I mean it's I it's been everything to me I mean it's, that's what I did in college. And then when I came to LA, I you know I never pursued agents. I never. I just started doing plays like in tiny you know, forty nine seat theaters, ninety nine seat theaters for free, and uh, that's how it all like everything came to me from those things. And and then and then I started a couple of my own couple of my own theater companies, and and then I've just been so blessed with. Uh, a New York stage career and you know a regional theater career so I've I haven't done a play in LA in over maybe 10 15 years and I but I am lucky that I average at least about a play a year maybe a, a play every other year in in New York or up in Williamstown I just my last play was in Williamstown last summer yeah I love the stage I, I I've been really blessed with TV and film work so you know, I'm no, I'm no Paul Sparks or Reed Burney or, um, or those amazing actors. That, you know, out of New York, but I'm I I aspire to be.
0: Yeah, that's well said, and, and and you know, I just one of the things that I always say to people, and not always, well, often I say, you know, I, I believe that movies, or or whether it's theater or television, I believe it's life changing. I believe if you see the right thing, that motivates you and. You know, a good example of that is you know it, it, the what I brought up at the beginning of the uh, interview. You know, um, you know we talked a little bit about it's kind of a funny story, but I really feel like even overall that movies are life changing. I tell some people that they totally agree with that. I tell others they're like, you know, get a life. So what's your t- what's your take on that?
1: Oh, absolutely! Oh my God! I mean, when I think of seeing James Dean for the first time mm. in East of Eden. Uh, on the on the roller uh, Ferris wheel with Julie Christie and or Marlon Brando dropping his glove and on the waterfront and or Al Pacino trying to place a chair in Serpico, uh to interrogate somebody and, uh, and just there's just these moments that just like you know my friend lou pepe who teaches film and he's a film director himself he recently wrote this article about uh cinema being like you know a collective dream and there's these moments that happen but it's, it, you know we're all having the same dream uh, a whiz, i mean just it's there's there's just no no doubt that uh
0: yeah, and it's I should
1: like most powerful thing.
0: Yeah, and I completely agree. Is there a time that you remember being bitten by the acting bug? Do you remember like the time that you were like, "Oh my god!" I know you mentioned James Dean and some other things. Is there a specific thing you remember? Like that's it. That's the thing that I, I'm hooked. I feel like the things that are coming to mind right now are um, are
1: Dustin Hoffman and Kramer versus Kramer. Wow! Yeah, uh, great, and. And uh, and and Pacino in uh, things like, like I've mentioned before, like Serpico and Dog Day Afternoon and um, and Justice for All. I think it was that period that uh, and, and and Godfather and it was those those movies and Jack Nicholson and Cuckoo's Nest. That's I think when it really because those were my huge heroes I'd say Hoffman, De Niro, Nicholson, Pacino those four I just everything that they did electrified me and that's sort of said. and I literally in college I just every performance I did was some sort of uh, imitation of something that they did that's all I cared about doing was imitating them
0: yeah and and, and, you know I I look at Your filmography, uh, Bernard, as I'm going through it, it's like the more I like I love you as an actor as is. But the further I got into it, the more the cooler you like you're already cool in my eyes. You became like super chill. I'm like, my goodness, like you're in some classic stuff, you know, Murder, She Wrote, Hill Street Blues. My goodness! The epic highway to heaven in television and night ride. I mean, these are like you were in the original. You're not in like the reboot or the part two. Or the, you're you're and you've what's what's amazing to me is when I look at your career, you've continued to kick ass over a long period of time, which in acting is virtually unheard of.
1: Mm. Hey, Amen, man. Thank you. You're you're just reminding me how. How fortunate I've been, how blessed I've been. And uh, I, ju- I just, I'm humbled into silence at uh, the good fortune I've had.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you know, you have, um, like I said, 227 and, and movies. You're, you know, we mentioned it's kind of a funny story Captain America, Quarantine, the wonderful Matrix movies, Paying Forward, City of Angels. When you look at your body of work, I mean, we mentioned some of your, you know, things early on. Is there actors you work with or directors you work with? Do you learn as you go? Do you take things from each set, each experience? Is that how that works?
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know, I did a TV series um, in the early 80s called the new dragnet where i was one of the two detectives and i was and we'd shoot two episodes a week they were half hour episodes and that was such a great training ground not to mention like the soap operas i did too that was like having to learn those and then uh, you know every single time you go in front of an audience or go in front of a camera it's it's uh Another shot to get it right, and I mean, I just did the blacklist. A couple episodes in New York, just you know, I just finished on Monday, I think it was, and um, and that was it's. And I was thinking this. I was walking through the. uh, We were shooting in Madison Square Park, and it was just a walking scene with me and James Spader, and and I was, and it hit me that I I I'm beginning to understand how to do this thing and it's and it's not, you know and like I said, it's I've thought I understood it before and but there's been something in the last, like I'd say, five years where I consistently, I'm like beginning to get it a little bit like I just heard some actors talking on a round table and they were saying how that the nerves never go away and you're always, is this a job that I'm going to get found out, or is this a job that uh, I'm going to forget how to do it? And there's a little bit of that, but I, to be honest, that's not there anymore. It's more, and I just, I think, you know, it has all to do with my faith. I, like, I just, I work hard, and then I surrender to whatever it's going to be, and I'm not, I don't try to, con- I used to be really controlling, and I'm not as controlling anymore. And I'm also, you know, there's just phrases that I can connect to. I I just, you know, Derek, I think it's all about humility. And Mm. I pray for humility. And it's because what we do is not that serious. And what we do is absolutely serious. You know, it's like you said, it can how to be a storyteller and to be, you know, in the tradition of the, the Greek theater where those people were like healing the community through their stories.
2: That's, that's the tradition we're in. And, uh, I, I pray I can
1: show up for it, you know, with all my lights on. And that's, that's what I, and I, and I feel like I'm just beginning. I feel like I'm, I'm just starting. And, uh, to, to be in this deep place of faith around it and uh and surrender and uh and trust yeah and that's and gratitude and joy
0: yeah you, you, you have such a wonderful perspective on life and, and, and reflection and it's so refreshing to hear that and you know we talked about movies being life-changing I hundred I percent believe that you, actors impact lives like there's and I'm gonna probably Talk about this on blue in the face. I just will just take again. It's kind of a funny story. People could, there's no way that movie didn't touch, uh, you know, thousands of lives. Like, there's certainly people that watch the movie saying, I'm that person. Like, I'm struggling to get through that. And it's <laughs> like, it's, we have these wonder, and, and I'm, and I'm not being patronizing, and it sounds this way at times, but you, you have this way about you as an actor. I'm a huge fan of yours. And, and, you know, there's there's podcasts out there that, you know, ask actors to be on the show just to be on the show. But when you agreed to come on, I was just so blown away. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this, is, this interview is going to be all heart. Like, there's no script here. There's no... There's just... I'm going to ask this guy everything that I've been wanting to ask him forever. And, I don't know, you just seem like a wonderful man, Bernard. I, I just have to say that.
2: <laughs> Thank
0: you.
1: Thank you. I'm kind. I mean, you're kind. I... It's uh, I, I, it's all such a surprise. <laughs> it's all such a gift. I, I, I honestly, I don't. There's like part of me that doesn't know that I've done anything, <laughs> and I believe that, and that, and this, and I'm always absolutely surprised that someone has. If I'm get, I'm like recognized on the street or. Uh, or you know those magic words i love your work it's like oh my god thank you thank you
0: thank
2: you wow
0: wow and, and you know i have to ask you um and, and i'm embarrassed i didn't ask this earlier how about your family what is their take on your wonderful career your 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 success your the way you've influenced people what is their take on on, on you well my true family is First and foremost, my wife, Jackie Katzman, and she is, you know, it's not
1: a, a, what's the word, it's not a, um, it's not a coincidence that this, I met Jackie right after I finished, it's kind of a funny story, I think about uh, eight months later, and, um, you know, it's, but she's she's an, an amazing actress and writer herself, and it's and and she's done a, she's directed me in the films that she's written, and uh, she's uh, there's just such I, I see it through her eyes too, like her excitement and her gratitude and her struggle, and uh, I, I mean I, I I I recognize what a life I've had so that's you know my 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 dearest family member but uh, mm-hmm. my own family it's they're all so proud of me and um, and they're also it's it's, a, it's hard too because there's a uh, they've had struggles in their life and I think it's I, I think it's challenging it's there's their hearts are so big and so proud of me, but it's like, how did, or maybe it's me. Maybe I projected. It's like, there's some, a little bit of survivor's guilt in a certain way. Um, that, but that's not, I mean, my brother is hugely successful and he has three beautiful daughters and he lives in Michigan and he's got a very blessed life. And, uh, and my sisters too. They're, they're amazing people, but and it was my sister Ivy who uh, who was an actress before me, who sort of paved the way. And um, you know, when all is said and done, they're 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 absolutely thrilled for me. And uh, yeah,
0: that's you, that's what it is, as it sh- as it should be. And and you know, I have to ask you. So you mentioned your beautiful wife Jackie, who's also an actor, a director. She's very talented. And you know, when you guys watch a show or a movie. I've always wondered this, do two actors who are together, do they look like, so if, if I was to watch, uh, let's just say The Matrix, like, so I watch it one way, do two actors tend to watch a movie another way, would they pick it apart, would they be like, mm, yeah, I, I see this, but I do that, like, are, are you more critical because you're an actor, are you more analytical because you're an actor?
1: I I don't know, you know, we are two, like, we're saps, we're just like... Things really affect us, and so yeah, we usually are sobbing together, and <laughs> and uh, we're and we have we have different tastes. Oh, we have, actually, we have very similar tastes. That ultimately, like our, our favorite filmmakers are the same, and who, like Jack, introduces me to, I get blown away by. It. So, like, there's this base level of. Uh, but then it's like when we disagree which is rarely it's uh it's, challenge- it's it, well, No, challenge it's not even challenging it's just it's it's fun and interesting it's like I, I, the the uh cliche in our family is that I like everything and Jackie is more discerning <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and yeah I think it is an, you know that there's a uh there's this great story of two poets from the 30s like famous famous poets going to to a play and I mean they're, they're the, like I think it's like Ezra Pound and William Carlos Williams or something and and uh, one of them is just overjoyed in what he sees and the other is what are you talking about this is this is shit. this is this is horrible <laughs> what we just saw why why are you why are you accepting this and it's like I like I sometimes think that I'm too easy, and that I'm not like I'm not being I'm being lazy. Even that I'm not honest enough. And Jackie's more demanding and fair. And like you know, hey, this is important. This is this is lazy filmmaking that's going on, and this could be so good. So we have a great balance when we when we watch things in that way.
0: Yeah, it's it's well said, and, and I absolutely get what you're saying, and you know. Kind of to shift, to shift a little bit, you know, I, I'm i looking at um, a lot of your early work. So like Night Rider and Highway to Heaven, God Bless Victor French and Michael Landon and Hill Street Blues. Are those the – you know, I look at Netflix now. Have we – was that like a, a special time? Was that a, a last of a dying breed, those wonderful shows? Have we gone on to a different median as far as Netflix and Amazon Prime? Have we lost – I don't want to say lost innocence. I'm, that's overly dramatic. But have we, have we kind of made? I don't know. How do you look at that? Like you were in some beautiful early things and continue to be. But you look at Netflix now. There's you could. There's no shortage of shows. I, I feel like it's. I feel like it's a lost time in a way, Bernard. I feel like it's. I don't know. I'm, my best memories. I was with my grandmother or my father and my mother and watching you and watching these great shows and. I don't know. I feel like it's. Like I said, I don't want to say innocence lost, but it's a little bit... It's disheartening in a way, I guess.
1: It's very different. You know, it's... um, There was... I mean, the industry was so different then. Uh, like, financially, there was more money, actually. Uh, for, for the journeyman actor, it was... Like there's more chance at making money at, at these things. It was it was more of an exclusive club and more um, like rarefied air. If you were to to get on one of these, because it was you know there wasn't all this content. So you know to land a, a guest star at Hill Street Blues was like a really big deal, and and it was also so different because it was the cast system was so different back then there was there were TV stars and there were film stars and net, neither the twain ever met and now that's obliterated that line's obliterated it wasn't I mean it was an incredible kind of golden age. with those specifically those shows that you've mentioned um, but those are the ones that you know lasted but I you know as far as like amazing TV shows, we're living in quite a time right now around that with the with the, the series that are. But definitely, an innocence has been lost. There was a, I mean, harkening way back to like to the fifties and the, you know, the live. Uh, what was that called? Like the NBC Playhouse, where they. And, and these people, and uh, all these great actors passed through the days of all live television, and
0: yeah, even like Laughing or all these other shows. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, for sure.
2: There's you know, I I, like a
1: lost innocence, but there's also a depth that's uh, that's showing up now. That is, like, I just, when I think of things like, uh, the first season of House of Cards and, um, Pete and, uh, what else? I, I just, I was a huge fan of the, the, the new Twin Peaks. Mm, and yes. The Return. Yep. And I just think there's, like, some amazing artists that are, um... Are, are putting their stuff out there. I think that there, there's a new series coming out, uh, on Showtime called Kidding with just like amazing people involved. I've heard about, and it's, um, and so I think there's, you know, it's, a, uh, it's an exciting time now, but there's also, I, I, I we can romanticize a little bit, and I and I'm amazed. Like, I, yeah, oh my God, I can remember being on a street corner in downtown L. A. Shooting a scene from Hill Street Blues with Betty Thomas and um. God, I forget the actors' names now, even and. But I, I just oh my, you're reminding of my own innocence too, and just like to be on. It, it was. It was. Such a dream come true, Highway to Heaven. Yeah, oh my God! Uh, that episode with Michael Landon and there was Kirby, Bruno
2: Kirby was an oh actor. Oh my God! That was
0: yes, yes. Do, do do you remember? Do you have like strong memories of any of those early experiences? Like you know, whether it's Two Two Seven or or Hill Street Blues or how is is there any? memories that you have of somebody that maybe gave you a you know career advice or was influential and hopefully was kind to you because I have to say Bernard those you're right you brought up a good point where you said you know a special appearance or guest star like when you watch yeah. those shows that you're talking about oh my god like that meant something like when I saw okay Bernard white guest star it's like oh great now let's see what he's gonna do in this episode it it's a different time you know Bernard
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, I remember being in,
2: and I think it was Bruno Kirby, was that, that, that older character actor, and he,
1: and I remember somebody, this is, I, I remember a fan coming up to him as we were walking, saying, hey, can you give me any advice? I'm, like we were sitting in Tucson, I remember, and him and uh, some kid coming up to him and said, "Hey, I'm thinking of moving to Los Angeles, and can you give me any advice on becoming an actor?" And I remember him being so rude. If this was, if, uh, if I'm getting the name right, Bruno you know, Kirby, um, saying. I got nothing to tell you, pal. You know, you want to be an actor, you go, you move somewhere, and you you, you hit the pavement. You you just do it. And I remember at the time feeling, oh, why is he being so rude to this guy? But it always stuck with me because somehow it felt like actually a really loving, honest thing to do. That. Because there, like he, because what he took it really seriously. He had worked hard, and there was something like you was saying, you know, it's not, it's not some light thing that you get advice from somebody. Like it wasn't. I don't know. There was something about the lack of sanctity in the way the guy asked it that turned him off and made him not take the question seriously. And I think that always stayed with me because my tendency was, at that time especially, was to give myself away and give attention to someone that wasn't actually that serious. And so I think I learned in that moment to be able to recognize uh, dilettantes from people with passion and to... And to give and to to use my time wisely in who I, um, uh, you know, even, you know, give advice to or, or, or be willing to talk seriously to, because there are a lot of people that the reasons are really shallow. You know, yeah. I want to I want to become famous is the, is the thing. and what are like, hey, what could I do to become famous? And it's sort of like a real um,
0: insult to. Yeah, and he—it sounded like he took that as a personal insult, and he gave a serious answer in return. And you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, well he said. Risked,
1: he, he risked intimacy. That's what it was. That's and it was it was beautiful.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I gotta say, Bernard, I I have many actors on the show. They're all great people, and you know, it's that that's what many of the common themes is. If you're looking to go into acting, to 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 be well-known or to be recognized or for the fame, it's a long and lonely and sad road. Yeah, yeah. You know, Absolutely. and I want to i thank you so much for 40 minutes of your time, and I just want to end with this one thing. You know, we talked earlier about movies being life-changing, you know, and when people say, no, they're not life-changing to me, my response is this. Tell that to the girl that just saw Wonder Woman. Tell that to the African yeah. tell that to the African American who just saw Black Panther. Or tell that to the, any child or any person who just saw Wonder Woman or Black Panther. Tell yeah. me that those and that's why I think we are getting so much better in movies. And I can't wait for Halloween when I see kids of all colors wearing these cool Black Panther costumes and masks. And I'd love to get Ready? your thoughts on that and and whatever you'd like to add to that. Oh man. You know,
1: it's I when I saw Black Panther because you know I'm for, I was born in a a colonized country that uh, won its independence from Britain and so I really connected to this whole theme of uh, and also the the village I was born in Candy you know it's it's it was a last holdout. Of colonization, when like first the Dutch, no, first the Portuguese, then the Dutch, then the British, all you know came to Ceylon to colonize it. And this little village that I lived in was a stronghold, and they were the kings of Candy that fought off the colonizer for the uh, until the end. And So Candy had a kind of Wakanda feel to it, and I was so moved by this film and. And I, was, and I was thinking about people like well, anyone from James Baldwin to Tupac Shakur to you know some of these people uh, these these black heroes Martin Luther King Malcolm X if they would have lived to see this movie in the theater like if, to me when I first started seeing the trailers for that film I thought oh my god this is this is revolutionary in a Big, big way. How is this going to be allowed? And not only has it been allowed, but it's been celebrated and it's been the number one movie, I think, for five or six weeks in a row now. Right. And it, it's huge. You know,
2: it's. And that's. You know, I just got cast in a
1: CBS pilot called um, Pandas of New York. Yeah. And I'm playing. It's about an Indian family. And uh, I'm playing an Indian father with three uh, a son and two daughters, all Indian and it's and there's never ever in the history of American television been a show about an Indian family that's been specific. I mean there's on, on network television, I mean Aziz Ansari has done it with um, Masters of None. But that's but this is a sitcom That's, you know, in the vein of, I pray, in the vein of All of the Family or Stanford and Son or, uh, you know, some of these shows. And it's, you know, and we don't know if we'll get picked up, but if it gets picked up, I will be this person who all of a sudden is going to open up this whole other new um Realm, like you put it in terms of Halloween costumes, but people seeing themselves on screen and because they're just used to, you know, my like when I list my heroes, it's James Dean, Dustin Hoffman, Jack Nicholson, and Robert De Niro, and none of those guys look like me. And uh, I it's it's a privilege to be. You know, that person that somebody says, oh, that's my story I'm seeing on I'm, the I'm, I'm screen. You know,
2: it's just, it's like, it's amazing to see your story, to see, the, it, it
1: helps people see things are possible, I think.
0: Yeah, that's so well said. And, and you know, Michael B. Jordan, who's in uh, Black Panther, said, you know the ten-year-old. Ver- I'm summarizing here, but he said the ten-year-old version of me to watch somebody that's like him would have loved this movie. Like, and he wasn't being arrogant; he was just being so. It was just a moment of truth that was just like you get it. And the movie goes deeper than that. It's it's that, and it's 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 not making Africa. I mean, obviously, every continent and country has problems, but it's making Africa. It's a a nice portrayal of Africa it's a wonderful portrayal of of women having roles of power which you know is okay you know and it's just all these things that that kind of hit this perfect storm of just beauty and it's it's and there's a reason why this movie's been number one forever and it's because people were late and people love this and you know there was i I'm sure you're familiar with Jimmy Fallon there was a, a skit that he had Bernard where he talked these guests come and they talk to a poster and wow, it's, a, it's a Black Panther poster and they tell them what the Black Panther movie means to them and the star and, and the actor who plays Black Panther comes out from behind the poster and surprises them and yes. the tears and the love in that room oh my god
2: you know yeah
0: Cedric
1: Bozeman is with my agent and um and he uh You know the kindness in that actor's eyes, and I—it's that's what's so touching to me—is that there's just something, and 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 I and I saw a clip that you're talking about, and there's just something so. The gratitude in this actor, and the all the things I've talked about—the humility and the kindness—is just boy, do we need it? You know, Kamal Nanjiani from from Silicon Valley that I, I had a recurring. Oh, of, another great
0: he, show! Yes, I left that out too. Wow. Yes, you're right. He he um he did this film, The Big Sick, that he wrote and uh, did he direct? I'm I think he. I well, know yeah, he wrote it and. Started it obviously. Tear, uh, tearjerker.
1: Yeah, and he he said, you know, I was inspired by all these people who happen to be Caucasian. They were my heroes. Now it's and it wasn't that hard for him to suspend his whatever his um, allegiance to whatever tribal allegiance that he may have had to identify with white characters. And so how wonderful that uh, Caucasian people can now identify with people of color.
0: Yeah, we're getting to a place that's ethically and and, um, resembles what humanity should be. And... um, you know Bernard, I, I I can't thank you enough for being on the show. You know I'm a huge fan of yours. I I, I, I think the world of you. And I have one last thing. You know, you mentioned the the, the pilot you had done, and you know one of my you mentioned the uh, Indian cast, and one of the two movies that have left an impression in my life that have an Indian cast predominantly are Life of Pi and Slumdog Millionaire. Um, those movies. Uh, you talk about heartbreaking. Oh my god. Um I don't know, I think in some ways I'm nostalgic, but in other ways I'm so grateful for actors like you and others who continue to move me on a regular basis. It's better than, the cinema and television is better than any high you could ever get from a drink or a drug.
2: Yeah,
1: I agree. I
0: agree. Bernard, I have to thank you. uh, Is there anything you wanted to promote? Is there anything that you wanted to talk about before I let you go?
1: Um my wife Jackie has made a beautiful film
2: called The Strangeness You Feel that's uh, making the film circuit it's,
1: gonna, it's at the New Filmmakers um, in in LA this Saturday at 4.30 and it's also going to be playing at the Dawson Film Festival in uh, Canada and there'll be others um CBS Pandas of New York is happening and a couple episodes of Blacklist and uh, that's about it.
0: You you are a good soul, my friend, and I hope I really hope you come back on down the line because you'll be doing this guy a big favor because I, I think the world of you as a human being and as an actor. Anytime, Derek, and 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 and
2: you know, you talked about it. It'll be just like having a beer, but I didn't get to ask you
1: when we're just having a beer, I would ask you a bunch of questions too, so I didn't get to do that. So, it's a
0: little one-sided. Bernard, I am going to hold you to that. We are going ha- we are going to have a beer and and you can ask me all the questions you want and I will buy the any drink of your choice on a consistent basis. All right. You're a good man, Bernard. Thank you.